Hello and welcome to A Little Deaf, a podcast about sex, relationships, and how it feels to be human. I'm your voice, Alana. This episode is a conversation I had recently with my friend Kenneth Play. So he's what is known as a sex hacker, which is basically the equivalent to sex as a personal trainer is to fitness. Sex hacking is a set of tools and core competencies for having better sex. So he always says at the top that the tools aren't about having a porn star sized dick, but rather having an understanding about how a body works and having an awareness of the emotional and psychological and physiological inputs that go into any act of sex. So the big topic at hand is that he recently launched an online sex hacker course, which is a very incredible sex education project. Sex education is challenging. You know, it should be more than just like teaching you the anatomy of bodies. It should also tell you how to have sex. You know, like, I mean, if you want to teach somebody how to make a body squirt, like the best way to do that is to is to show it between two people in real life explaining what's happening. You know, they need to show you what you need to do with your middle and ring fingers and how to position your hand. And and that type of showing over telling with video is what many would call sexually explicit or pornographic, you know, and therefore bad. Basically, you can't put that content on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. So, so Kenneth has created this online video series as a way to bring that practical sex education to the masses. Um, if you do want to get all the details up front, just pop over to kennethplay.com right now. For a quick overview, um, Kenneth's courses cover a lot of content across a breadth of fundamentals, which he kind of breaks down into like specific tactics or acts. So for example, there's a course on foreplay, um, on oral, on squirting, uh, penetration, anal, kink, fingering, multi-orgasms, and that list will actually keep growing as he continues to put out more content. So the conversation that we recorded is about this series um, and how we put it together. He talks about the women he worked with who were collaborators on the project and kind of talks about his own story, like as an immigrant from Hong Kong, really finding himself and like his self-esteem over the last two decades and just like geeking out on sex in the same way that he did geek out on physical fitness when he was a personal trainer. One last bit of background. So I've known Kenneth for like four years. Um, We met through a series of events on Tinder and at Hacienda, which is his community in Brooklyn. And he's just like one of the most interesting people that I know. Um, I wrote about him uh, in GQ two years ago because I I think that the work he does is so important. In particular, um, you know, the messages that he gives to straight men who have sex with women, um, like that pleasure and communication and knowing what you're doing are key. And also that nobody is born being a good lover. I mean, you have to learn and put in the work to get there. And you definitely shouldn't try to learn from porn because that is bonkers performance art. So I should also call out that I have and always will have a crush on Kenneth, and that clearly comes across in this conversation. But anyway, without further ado, uh, here is my chat with Kenneth, and and I think the conversation gets better as we get going. Hi. Hey, Kenneth. Um, it is so great to talk with you. Uh, thanks for making the time. Um, I've been wanting to record a conversation with you for a while because, first off, you are 
one of the most interesting people that I know. Um, and second, you know, you've put out this amazing sex education content, your sex hacker courses. Um, and I want to hear all about it. And I want you to tell everybody about it because um, everyone on earth could benefit from them. Um, so anyways, yeah, just can you talk, talk to me about your classes? Oh, thank you so much for having me on your show. And I've been, you know, I've been such a sexually insecure Asian immigrant in America when I moved here when I was 11. And my sex life was very affected by my insecurity. So I decided to get really fit in my in my early 20s and became a personal trainer. Even though I have like overcome being either skinny or fluffy into being really fit, it didn't change my internal feelings about my sexuality. I always thought if I didn't have a porn star sized cock, if you know, then I could never be good enough in bed. So in my late 20s, I decided to kind of hack my, my sex life the way that I did with my fitness life. And when I was hacking my fitness life, I kind of used this very scientific approach and yet taking that science and turn it into knowledge and into practical utility that I could use. And holy behold, I learned how to really change, change my body completely. And I was wondering if I could approach sex the same way. Then I began this whole crazy journey and crazy process and developed this course now that where I share some of the techniques that really helped me transform from being extremely insecure to being really confident in bed and learning so much about sex and pleasure that I think it's not information that is shared in the mainstream audience. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I love your approach to sex education because I think, like, I know you've said before, like, if you want to, um, you know, if you want to fix your body, uh, you go to a gym, you can get a personal trainer. If you want to learn how to play the piano, like, you can take a course for that. But, like, if you want to learn how to make somebody squirt or, like, give a great blowjob, like, what do you look to porn? Like, there really isn't anything else like that. So I think that the classes that you've made are so, so, like, thoughtful and such an interesting perspective. So um, yeah, just like talk about those, those courses, like, how did you make them? Um, what is the content? And kind of who, who was like the audience that you had in mind for this? You know, being a, you know, being a straight, uh, being a hetero guy who really love female pleasure and who really care about like how to be a good lover. I really focus on um, rather than making this general, like, everything that you could possibly learn about sex course, I really focus on, like, Tim Ferriss' approach to, like, fitness or to anything, like the 80-20 rule. What is the 20% of things I could teach to anyone to make them significantly better than the rest of the population? So I start to kind of deconstruct with the most useful sex skills and create a course that is instead of this like, you know, usually it's like an hour and a half lecture that people watch per workshop, I think it's too long, it's not practical. So I designed it more like a video game where you have a character and so you have some fundamental, then you could develop the skill that you're interested in. So some people might be more curious about squirting, more curious about anal, more curious about kink. And then I broke it down to steps. So you were like level one, level two, and then you could go down that rabbit hole. So you could start like, First time anal, I just want to have pain-free, you know, how do you do the entry to how to have an orgasm with it mm -hmm. to all the things that people need to kind of go do step by step, but not in an overwhelming amount of content. Because when I watch the data, people might not sit through a long lecture. Mm -hmm. So I broke it down to like five to 10 minutes per video. 
So it's just focused on a topic that is actionable, meaning they could pick up a skill and a technique they could try immediately, you know, and then go from there. Yeah. So what um, are, are there any topics in particular that people uh, sort of gravitate towards? I mean, you do you said like anal squirting, you've got like oral, all kinds of I mean, you're sort of like you are famous uh, for being like the world's <laughs> foremost expert on squirting. But um, like what? Yeah. yeah what, what are people come? What, what are people like? Yeah. What 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 of the videos or classes are people looking at the most? Well, squirting is very popular because I'm also conducting the world's largest uh, scientific online survey right now. Mm -hmm. The last sample size was around like, you know, 400 and we have collected about 7,000 plus right now. So we're still in the process of analyzing that data. And my other business partner, Dr. Jana, uh, Dr. Jana is really remarkable on on changing the perspective on like how I guess how the surveys is conducted instead mm -hmm. of over glorifying, you know, squirting, like how we do it in porn or versus like uh, people who have a lot of stigma around it. They just feel like, oh, am I peeing on my partner? So we kind of want to remove the stigma and also not over glorify and give a very neutral perspective on squirting. But as far as the technique is concerned, I, I, I kind of deconstructed all the things that I could possibly learn about squirting. Plus, I'm in a sex-positive community that I co-founded. I'm in the sex party world. Mm -hmm. So I have met so many people at sex party where I got on, like, all the different hands-on skills that different people use. And I kind of broke it all down. So my percentage of success is quite high for first-time squirter because I kind of go like, oh, here's the common thread between all their masters. But average people don't go to a sex party and meet those people. So they can really, like, be a total nerd about it and then break it down, you know? Uh-huh. I know. I love your sample size. You're like, how many? <laughs> you, I mean, you, you fucked, like, 400-plus people and counting. Like, you have an amazing data yeah. that you go to. <laughs> Between, like, doing sessions and and my own sex life now, it's, like, more than a 1,000 data points on all those, like... like. And I'm, like, I really break it. I'm really trying to... Um, create a system rather than just technique so there's other sex research out there that kind of give you the percentage of what people like mm -hmm. like how many people prefer uh internal stimulation in the first you know one third of the vaginal tunnel to like like they're just say the clitoris how much sensation someone likes how much pressure and then now I kind of broke it down like more like card counting so mm -hmm. I'm like betting on the best percentages first so if you're playing with someone new you never played with before, you could kind of start off trying the most like like popable technique that is pleasurable, and then you kind of could figure out how to navigate that. So rather than like becoming a one trick pony, I kind of give people a system how to calibrate, mm -hmm. but based on some you know intelligent statistics. Yeah. To kind of do it on, yeah. Yeah, and then how do you approach that? So like. You get, okay, so you get a pretty good sense of what people most generally like, and usually you approach a new partner that way. But then how do you, like, I'm really interested in the idea of having, like, great sex with people, like, kind of right off the bat, I guess, well, yeah. everybody probably is. But it's like, how do you, how do you get to that point? So let's say you are, you have a new partner, you're kind of trying out the most common the things that are like most probabilistically uh, a thing that they're into like where do you where do you go next about that I think before I even start with the physical like so that's like sort of the mechanical part but there's so much like psychological and emotional component to sexuality mm -hmm. 
So before the technique, I really teaching、uh, men how to be present, how to give like proper attention to the person you're with. You,、mm-hmm. you know, like you're not checking your phone when you're kissing someone. So how do you really engage all your senses and focus on the connection? Because I think the connection is so underrated, but it's so important when it comes to sexuality. So first is how to pay attention completely into the moment. So that's like a mindfulness practice,、mm-hmm. and that engages arousal, which lets The parasympathetic nervous system gets you like a more rest and digest mode, which allow arousal to kind of rise. So that's when people get turned on when they feel safe and comfortable in the moment. And then after that, you kind of want to create some excitement. You don't want to be just you know safe because it's not that exciting. So you, it's a combination of basically how to use the signs, which is like you know what state of the nervous system is this person in. But using a lot of ancient wisdom that I learned from different techniques, sort of like a mixed martial art approach, so you could get people feeling safe, feeling aroused into the system, and then the technique com- becomes useful. Because if you don't set up the stage, it doesn't feel good. So, so I focus a lot on arousal and grounding and feeling completely turned on and figure out what the person really like are、uh, interested in having, and then after you have the attention, really feeling out. Like using all your senses, really feel from your own system to the other person's system, and see if you could tune in. You know, like the Avatar movie when those two tails kind of connect.、Mm-hmm. Like, how do you create that moment, right? When you like just connect it, yeah, feeling all those things. And then the last part is like be yourself because sex is really good when people are being authentic, being thing like、uh, playing with things that that really turns them on. So how to find something that is mutually desirable between two people, and when all those things click, right, and you have the technique behind you, then you end up having some mind blowing good sex. I love that. I think, and the way the way that you answer that question,、um, kind of demonstrates something that I I think I like the most about your courses, and then just generally like talking to you about sex. I mean, you have you, you've got this sort of you know this. Physical, like you're a personal trainer, you know the body and like anatomy very well. But you also have this great sense of like mindfulness practice and kind of this、uh, psychological and emotional intelligence. So, like, what what are all of the、um, how do, how did you bring all of that together into these courses? Like, who are either the different people who helped like kind of help shape your thinking about this, or maybe made contributions to the course? Like, how did you get such a wide ranging?、Um, Yeah, how did you get such like a wide ranging idea about sex and bring all that together? Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think one is like being very lucky that I'm in the you know, uh, sex education community、yeah. and also the sex positive community. So I have access to like sex researcher like Dr. Jana James Faust, who's like amazing, uh, researcher on pleasure to. To learning from different tantra master to kinksters to people who are like sex party enthusiasts because they like more like social sex. How does that happen?、Mm-hmm. To learning from other sex educator and my job to me is not necessarily like、uh, just kind of learn but kind of deconstruct all the various techniques because it's approaching the same thing just like kind of martial、mm-hmm. art, right? Like when people fight, they're fighting, but they have different way of fighting and different philosophy, but. And and I'm I'm a super Bruce Lee philosophy nerd. Like it's not about like it's like a being a style bender. You know, like there's no one technique is a technically better. You have to be able to adapt to a different person.、Mm-hmm. So some people might get weighed off from kink, and some people are just super central and slow, and they might prefer tantra. 
some people might really prefer like good old vanilla sex. They're just not their thing. So if you are fixated on only in any one system, then you only limit it. You're limiting your compatibility to the rest of the world. But there's some really good wisdom within all those systems are so kind of like trying to figure out which one is the most useful mm -hmm. and teaching my student how to think about it. So not necessarily just follow rules, but how to kind of figure like how to have the, the tools to kind of like figure out what to what to to use in what situation. Yeah. So it seems like, okay, this content and the way you've talked about like all these different approaches to, to sex and sexuality, like there is, I think there's something in this class for everybody. And I don't mean that as just kind of like a cheap selling point, but mm -hmm. I wonder, I would love to get your take on like, I think that um, this, the content is like a little bit, you know, like a little e explicit in some ways. Like I, again, like kind of like I had said at the top, like you need to be able to watch people having sex to like, understand how to have sex and having real sex not like porn sex um which is awesome but not real so like it's it might be a little bit uncomfortable i think for some people to share like maybe you want to share it with your partner or like a friend or literally every straight man you know like how would you how would you approach that or how would you help people kind of start to have those conversations of like hey there's these amazing courses i think you should watch them you know, unfortunately, in America, there's two predominant voices that talks about sexuality. One is more of a purity, puritan approach, right? Like, let's, you know, wait till you, like, sex is bad, like, you know, only do it in your marriage. On the other side is that you have the pornographer, which is like, you know, watching fantasy. It's great. It's performance art, but it's not sex education. So my job is to kind of find where that middle is. And when it comes to sexuality, we also, sex education, a lot of people dance around the topic. So it was really important for me to kind of like uh, destigmatize sex education in a way that is practical, straightforward. Um, I don't make it more than what it is, right? I don't over glorify it, but it's also, I don't cut out any of the awkward bad moment in my, in my, uh, in my videos. It's a uh, straight recording of what is happening in the moment because it is really important for people to see what real sex looks like, how to calibrate when something is not working. So it's not like watching a sex god doing magic, mm -hmm. but you watch my process on how I kind of like figure people out as we go. And I also hire different models. So some, some of my models are having a pretty like difficult time having an orgasm. Some are somewhat in the middle of the bell curve and some I could just whisper in the ear they have an orgasm. So I kind of want to show the range on people that you might approach. So is then you could see how it actually works in real world and learn how to kind of deal with it in the moment of how to like calibrate, right? Mm -hmm. It makes it actually extremely challenging to shoot the content in, in their like sort of like uh, the framework that I'm, I want to maintain. Mm -hmm. So it has to be authentic, no performance, no faking, and like it's in the moment and I have to find the different people with diverse like preferences. So I could show it. So it actually make it really hard for myself. Making porn is a little easier when you're just trying to make a thing pretty or like arousing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to say you, uh, you, you did good. Um, okay. Thank so you. there's, there's like, uh, I love that. There's so much content in these courses. And like, I wonder if you have like, I don't know, maybe like one or two kind of like nuggets of wisdom, like a sneak peek for like a sneak preview for what people can get. Like, for example, I mean, I, 
I wrote about you for GQ, where GQ has named mm-hmm. you like the world's greatest sex oh, actor. I know. Which I'm like, you like totally are. And like the, the content of that article was just kind of like three sex hacks that I think you, um, that I think like kind of really nail the way that you think about it. So like increase your clitoracy for sure. Like don't cock block yourself, things like that. Um, like what are some other just kind of like general, I don't know, like, like sex hacks that you'd want to tease out that people will get from these courses? You know, unfortunately, like the orgasm gap is so real, and the most people, most straight women are getting the least satisfying sex, especially in their like hookup, you know, situation. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like multiple orgasm is kind of like default for majority of the women on the planet, meaning what the system is capable of. So I kind of really want to reverse the trend when people understand all like your first orgasm is sort of like a warm up arousal appetizer to the whole meal. And when people kind of start to see it that way and understand all the things that like that triggers uh, their entire sexual response cycle. And then we have to have newer models to talk about it. It's not like I'm going to, you know, do some foreplay. I'm going to do something at least to orgasm and, and it's over because that's not how, you know, most women can experience sex. When most women masturbate and this could be a gross generalization, not many of them are one and done it's kind of like they go a couple of times if they could. Mm -hmm. So at least that's how the brain science works, right? So I think learning when you have a a toolkit, when you have enough uh, skills under your belt, you could learn how to navigate to stimulate someone where you could induce so many different types of orgasm. Not that it's different in the sense that it's like different for your brain and just how you're induced. So I describe it like how someone gets full, right? So you could have, you could eat rice alone and be full, but it's not necessarily satisfying. You know, you could add some steak, you could add some vegetable, you could add some creamy curry sauce, whatever you are into. You could have a beautiful vegan meal, but you could get full in so many ways that causes satisfaction and at all. So giving people more choices to kind of create their magical meal is, 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 is beautiful. So people could experience all different types of uh, sexual experiences act that turns them on, but also find ways to kind of induce this pleasure. It, I think it's pretty remarkable to kind of like learn, get all the colors in a crayon box kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And why do you think, okay, speaking of like female orgasms, it does like that orgasm gap you talk about is so real. And yet, I feel like there's certain trends. I mean, people are always talking about like, why would people fake orgasms or like, why would women fake orgasms? Like what's, mm-hmm. what's your take on that? You know, there's a lot of social cue that a lot of, so one is, I mean, and this is obviously, I'm, I don't own a vulva, so it's, it's hard for me to speak from that side directly. But I think there's a lot of pressure on, like, there's performance anxiety on the women's side. There is their idea of, like, maybe worrying about their partner's ego. And also, when women are struggling having, so they could orgasm really easily by themselves when they masturbate. But when they're with a partner, they're not usually asking right, for the stimulation that works for them to induce the orgasm. So there's a communication gap, and we don't have the social script and culture for people to communicate in a way that is effective. So for so it's really important to create a lexicon so people could communicate effectively to get the type of sensation they need in order to feel good. And also we have this, after a couple um, 
a sexual revolution, we start to change because of the, the purity culture of sexuality in America. It went on to this fight like sex is natural. So natural also has a problem because people think sex is instinctive only. It's not a, it's not a skill. It's not a mastery. It's not an art form. So people don't value education the same way we do with food or with fitness or any other topic like coding or design. Mm-hmm. So I really want to elevate their uh, their conversation when it comes to sexuality into an art form, into where people get to learn how to create epic experiences with all the tools that is available. And there's so many tools. There's so many great research out there. And yet it's not in the mainstream conversation. So I just decided to just do it and like lay it out. And I upload some of my original video I did in 2015 on Pornhub just to see people respond to that. And people love it. Then I just I just dive, you know, deep into just creating the best content I could. Yeah. So what okay, so what else? I mean, you you've got like these these courses that are super comprehensive. I know you've added like a pro version of this. Like, are you just gonna yeah. keep like keep recording, like keep putting out classes or like what's the future of this project? Yeah, I'm going to keep adding content to it. And I'm starting a proper uh, Pornhub channel where I'm using it more like a YouTuber, where I get to share more content in a weekly basis. So it's going to be a weekly show. So good. I oh, realized, my gosh. I'm obsessed with yeah. that. It's, I can't <laughs> wait to see you on Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's unfortunate because I get censored everywhere else. I don't get censored in Pornhub. And Pornhub uh, has a sexual wellness center where they focus on sexual education so I want to double down and really make it a proper channel where people could consume quality sex education content and then they could find on my course do the content that I share for free I have over like about 8 million views right now on Pornhub and I really want to like the 10x that you know in the year in the years to come um and and people are hungry for this information when they see it for the first time you go like why isn't sex taught this way so I hear that a lot, and, and I'm, I'm passionate about um, also in, um, uh, collaborating with different sex educators and to bring in technique. I don't teach, like, how women please men, so we bring in some of that content as well to different people, different perspective, because I don't think my job is to be a guru where I figure out everything, but I do want to share all the wonderful things that I have, have the privilege to learn and share with my audience. I love that. So, all right, you've got your like um, video content, your Pornhub channel, but like, what, what else, what else have you been doing these days? Like, are you still t- like a personal sex trainer for couples and individuals? Are you still doing that stuff? Yeah, I'm still coaching. Um, very, I've been mainly focusing online. I keep trying to increase my prices on my coaching session, but people are still dying to hire me because <laughs> it takes it takes time. But I think yeah. the online is where I'm focusing on. So, and I also have some extreme high end client that you know that that gives me a lot of like resources to kind of create my content. So I'm so privileged that people really believe in me because it affected their life in such a way. Mm-hmm. You know, if if someone, you know, it's crazy. I have coach couples that have been struggling, like, you know, with their sex life, they never feel com- compatible. Their wife might never like sex is like kind of I, you know, and I kind of do it. Mm-hmm. And then learning how to have this incredible mind blowing sex for the first time. And they realize it's not just you know like a lot of people come in like men are inherently selfish they just don't know what they're doing or they don't care and they realize when people are just really awesome and kind and has a lot of empathy but they just don't have the knowledge and skill 
on how to fix a situation. And when you could kind of transform their life in like, uh, you know, in one coaching session, because they just don't know how to line up all the things. And then all of a sudden they have a experience in their body they never had before. It is mind blowing. So, so I, I realized how, how important it is to have education around this area because it just takes a little bit of change, but the impact is huge. Yeah. And so I, you talk about like the 2080 rule. First off, I love that. Like I'm living in San Francisco now and I work in tech. And mm-hmm. so I feel like the language that you use of like bringing scale to sex education. I'm like, yes, this is the language that I live in these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious. Okay. Like with your, with like your um, like sex coaching, what, what are like the things like there's, there's probably like, I don't know, things that like trip up or like what is like kind of the most common things that like trip up couples is it like a lack of communication is it like that that kind of ruins like 80 percent of things or like is it just um I don't know just like kind of these crushing ideas of like how men are supposed to be and how women are supposed to be like what are the kind of like what's the thing that comes up most for for your clients I think the social script is definitely one part where people think there's certain roles that people need to play. And then communication is not because people are bad communicator. They just don't know how to communicate about sex specifically. So they need language. They need to like, you know, I teach this like click clock game when you could kind of fine tune where you're touching the clip exactly. Is it 12 o'clock or six o'clock? It makes a huge difference on how to navigate. Mm -hmm. Like Al is not good sex communication, except that it's not pleasurable. (laughs) Like, we don't know what to do with it, right? Yeah. Or if we don't know if things are going well, or what sign is going well. So, like, I just kind of, like, let's give them their edu- uh, the communication tools they need and they could use it immediately and it works, right? As soon as it works, they're just going to adapt to it. I think the second part is quite fascinating is that when people, when two people get together, they're, and sometimes the longer they get together, they kind of develop this habits and routine that doesn't work for them, but they keep reinforcing it. So they get more disappointed and go into the bad cycle. So I actually take the two people up, like, you know, apart initially and really talk to them as individual. Like what really turns you on? Like, how do you masturbate? What feels good to you? And teaching them how to be selfish first and how to be selfless. So you just rotate, you know, who goes first? Do you want to be the selfish one? Do you want to be the selfless one? And kind of answer the situation with that setup so they could really dive in completely towards each other but in a rotational basis rather than trying to do it all together at once once they learn like what they uh what they like individually then they could find out what's compatible between them and then do things that is mutually pleasurable but sometimes it's good to do something that is just pleasurable for your partner too so they have more option rather than trying to do this you know in whatever they believe it should feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that I find interesting, like, so you're working with couples who've probably been together for a long time. And I imagine that most of them are like monogamous. And I know you're, you're poly, you're in a very poly community. Um, what do you, what do you think about like keeping, I don't know, keeping like a spice going with um, like in monogamous relationships? Do you think that's possible? I've been, I've, have a bunch of friends who are kind of thinking about this right now, like friends who have been married now for like three, four years. And they're like, oh, actually, maybe like sex with this one person isn't isn't it. Like, what what is your take on that? Well, scientifically speaking, nature is nature. Yeah. Like, it's just how it is. So there's like 
there's spontaneous desire versus a responsive desire. So when you first date someone, you go to this infatuation phase and then you're like overwhelming lust for them. It's very high in the beginning, then it drops off and different people have different length of time that stays in their system. Afterwards, sex is not something that like comes up in your mind with that person randomly. You kind of have to engage in it in order for your body to be aroused. But it doesn't mean sex is not good when it's responsive desire, just different. So it's no longer like sort of this random trigger trigger that you get from responsive, uh, spontaneous desire when you're just randomly horny. And it depends on your hormones as well. And But so it depends on what you committed to. So I don't think there's any specific system is better than, you know, that fits all human on the planet. Just like we have some introvert, we have some extrovert, you kind of define your own path. So for some people, what we call uh, sociosexual unrestricted, meaning that they need a lot of novelty, then monogamy will be very difficult. Mm-hmm. But for some people who are very like, they just don't, they don't have a lot of need for novelty, the monogamy will work for them. So it really starts off with the individual rather than there's like one answer that fits everybody. And and my, uh, my other business partner, Dr. Shana, really talks about you have to learn your own belief and your own nature, like what really does it for you. And so you, so you're able to make that decision, right? Mm-hmm. So what, like, what what would optimize for your you know for your life just like you know you know who you are so you go like is san francisco the is a place for me to be right you have so many factors the food good you know the culture the, the whatever it is your living situation their their finance their professional opportunities so i think sex should take the same kind of consideration like what is ideal for me and then they could make better decision then yeah my God, you're you're so fucking wise. I'm so glad that you're the person like putting all this together. Um, wow. Yeah. So, okay. What, like, if people want to follow you, I mean, you've got KennethClay.com. I see that you have like a little holiday promotion, yeah. like the buy one, give one for the courses. But like, where, yeah. where can people go to keep in touch with you? Um, they could keep in touch with me on my website, on Instagram, on Pornhub. Check out my Pornhub channel. And I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. But I think Pornhub is where I will double down on my social media stuff because I don't have to worry about getting banned. Yeah. I already banned once <laughs> on Instagram. And I understand, like, it's a, it's a tough argument, you know? Right now, I'm just going to go with where I'm, like, I, I should, you know, I could exist, you know? Yeah, totally. But I also, I also make unapologetically explicit content for the right reason and censoring my content actually dilutes you know the teaching so because I don't want to dilute the teaching that's why I'm like going that path because a lot of sex educator rather like sensitize it enough so they could you know be play within you know those boundaries Mm -hmm. but it's challenging to like offer the best work you know to my audience so I'm just gonna go with where those content goes I love it so you're just gonna take over Pornhub as like a wonderful (laughs) Like, yeah that's why people go so I might as well learn something my my some of my favorite comment is like I came here to masturbate I learned something and I masturbated those things those <laughs> comment makes me happy you know no I love that because you're a, you are a good teacher but you're also like one of the most like like objectively stunning individuals on earth so it's, it's like extremely fun to watch you uh fuck people um and teach about it so anyway um well, Kenneth, thank you so much for your time. I just love talking with you. I'm so like, can't wait to see what you do next. And yeah, these courses are amazing. Thanks for doing it. 
thank you for interviewing me. Nice. I hope you come visit in New York too, and I might be in San Francisco. I'd love to see you. Okay, yeah, keep me keep me posted. I'm actually I'm gonna be moving yeah. back to New York in a couple months, so we'll be we'll be neighbors again in no time. Cool. All right. Uh, have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. And there you have it. Um, I hope you do check out some of Kenneth's videos. Um, go to KennethPlay.com, check it out, and let me know what you think. Um, yeah, in the meantime, be good. And oh my god, happy new year, you fucking beautiful people. <laughs>